High and over end variety. And Amani from his 45. He's got a lane. And he's got speed. Look out. Beep, beep. The Ducks are in the end zone. Touchdown. This is the Duck Pod from the Register Guard Newsroom. Gordon head to head for sure. Mitchell goes in motion. They hand it off. Sports beat writers Ryan Thorburn and Steve Mims. All right, welcome back to the Duck Pod. Ryan Thorburn here, and I've kicked Steve Mims out of the studio this week to bring on a special guest, Kelly Graves, the head coach of the Oregon women's basketball team. You might have heard of them. They have a player named Sabrina Ionescu who's turned into quite a little story. Uh, she used to be our little story, Kelly. Now she's uh, the world story. What was that like? On Monday, just to recap real quick, I mean, she goes to Kobe Bryant's memorial. She goes to Stanford. I understand she wasn't feeling well, and obviously triple-double, 2K, 1K, 1K, we've been talking about. She finally did it on that stage, the the numerology of 2-24-20. It's really a Hollywood script, I would say. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, Yeah, a day I think, uh, you know, Duck fans will always remember, and a day I I know I'll remember, and definitely a day that that, that she'll remember forever. Uh, Yes, it started, um, you know, my wife was with her uh, Mm -hmm. during that whole time down there at the uh, Kobe Memorial, Uh, got up, left. Uh, about 8.30 in the morning and, and you know, have, had to sit, uh, you know, and wait. And then she went up and did just such an incredible job uh, on her speech. Uh, she wrote all of it, too. That was um, that was all her. And very heartfelt. Uh, she she you know presented it with poise and and it was uh it was uh amazing and then you know as soon as the service was over she uh she and mary hopped on a on a, a plane and and flew up to the bay area and got you know, they got to the hotel around 2:45, so our team was still eating pregame meal and she had not eaten you know as you know when i've had to do things like that that are pretty nerve-wracking i i don't eat either on those days and uh, so she hadn't had anything to eat and um but just was you know felt really nauseous and so she was unable to eat her pregame meal so we get to the to the uh you know to the arena and the team you know got ready and they all go out and start warming up and she um, she can't hold anything down even though she hasn't eaten anything i saw her you know gnawing on some saltines and and so I just stayed in the locker room with her, and um, she just laid on the, uh, you know, on the training table there, and had to get up and, you know, throw up a couple of times, uh, and never did go out and warm up. And then to do what she did on a national stage uh, against a top five team with uh, an ESPN audience knowing and a sporting audience knowing what she had done that morning was incredible to then put up a 21 12 and 12 game on um, ironically on 224 20 you know her number 20 Kobe's number 24 Gigi number uh, two um, and then to to that have been the 2k 1k 1k night I, like you said uh, Hollywood script would would look at that and go no you're crazy that can't happen i like that you mentioned her writing because that's what struck me just being someone who's in that profession is she could do my job probably better than i can i certainly can't play basketball like she does i mean when you think about it you know from 
Kobe's widow to Michael Jordan to Shaq to Diana Taurasi, who's great to talk to. Gino's great. I mean, she fit right in with that group of icons, and certainly her speech was up there with anything that was said. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, look at the people who you know who tweet about her and and talk about her in articles and everything else she is in a different stratosphere than than everybody else she is in that same discussion as the greats you know lebron steph curry uh you know all the others uh she she belongs and um and and shows that each and every day by how she competes how she you know um lives her life uh, you know how she 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 goes about all the things that she does and you know earlier in the day it kind of got lost in everything she had sent a letter to duck fans i don't know if you right. saw that on tweet the, the players tribune on the players tribune that was just so eloquently written and yeah. thoughtful that's and, what i mean she could oh uh, my goodness she could work at espn covering the wnvf if she didn't yeah. want to be in the no, yeah yeah she could probably you know she's the type of person that regardless of what she puts her mind to she's going to do it great which is like kobe he it wanted like to be kobe. the best at whatever he did whether that was hollywood basketball writing a children's book documentary whatever that's kind of a unique thing to want to do and i think that's what kobe saw in her you know she has that same mentality that he that he did and that he also saw in his daughter gianna and and i know uh, his wife vanessa you know knew that they were close and so um you know when she asked sabrina to you know speak at the memorial i what a great honor uh, but also you know just a, is it a, a a testament to her character and, and who Sabrina is to be even asked. What's great is that you know her so well and that goes back to the recruiting which was a hardcore process to get her here but I remember you saying last week when, when you knew she was going to speak the memorial that quote she's going to probably have a game for the ages and uh, and she delivered. I mean you know what she's capable of because you know her so well. Take me back to that whole recruiting process, because I think a lot of people, a lot of coaches would have said, okay, we're just going to yeah. move on. You know, she, she took her time to the literally the last minute to decide that. What did you learn about her and yourself and just the recruiting game and that and the patience that you showed? Well, I learned that she does things um, thoughtfully. You know, it wasn't just happenstance that she waited and waited, couldn't make a decision, all that kind of no. She had it all planned that way. In fact, if you read an article that was done on her when she was in high school, she actually brought up that scenario saying, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that I just, you know, wait and then show up on the campus that I'm going to. And sure enough, she did. You know, and I remember that. So it wasn't like, you know, geez, what's wrong with this kid? You know, why can't she make a decision? So we just stuck with it, knowing full well that, that you know, we were the leader, I thought, the entire time. And, uh, and I never once did I feel like she wasn't going to 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 come but yeah it was uh you know it's like playing a game of poker you know you just you know you don't want to fold too early if you've got that hand and I know like you said a lot of schools kind of gave 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 up on the process and I know some tried to get back in late thinking well she obviously doesn't feel right about the schools that she's still involved with um but you know, I think she had a plan the entire time, and we just stuck with it and stuck with it. In the last six or eight months of that recruitment, we were not trying to sell the program. We were not trying to sell ourselves. We were just continuing to build a, a close relationship with her. We weren't trying to say, well, listen, if you come here, we'll get you the ball so many times, you know, like some, some programs do. We didn't. It was all about 
just checking in every every once in a while. How you doing today? Um, you know, great game last night. Whatever the case may be. Speaking of visionaries, if I recall from when she showed up, you guys were getting ready to go to Italy, and you know, we. I, I think I talked to you and maybe even Sabrina before you left, and. You know, she added to that great class, obviously. But I remember you saying, and I'm paraphrasing, that Phil Knight sent you a text, something along the lines of, congratulations, not only is she going to change your program, she's going to change the University of Oregon. Amazing that he... Talk about a visionary. She's going to be that <laughs> this big. Um, certainly, she's exceeded all expectations, but uh, he kind of knew she was special. Yeah, and as Duck fans know, he's into the recruiting process, certainly with football, that's well known, but I think uh, it shows that, you know, he knew about her, um, you know, during our entire recruitment because she she was a game changer, just like he had said she, she was going to be. We knew that. I don't think anybody envisioned this, you know, the fact that now she's a basketball icon and, and has rewritten the record books in many different ways and the first and only to ever do a 2K, 1K, 1K. You know, nobody saw this coming. I think we all, our quotes were early. She is, you know, a program, we'll define the program as a program changer, and she certainly has been. Uh, but his words ended up being quite prophetic because she has changed the university, not just our athletic department, but, you know, the excitement around our program and the, the following that we've gotten has impacted the entire community, the entire university, and not, ju- not just my program. Yeah, and I, I wrote today, I think you could put her, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of all-time Oregon Duck student-athletes, you know, right up there with Ashton Eaton, Prefontaine, Marcus Mariota, and there's, a you know, a long list of other people that would be considered, but she's up there. Yeah, and not just what she's done in her sport, which is unheard of, but, but just think of how she has impacted the, the entire uh, game of college basketball. She is the face of of college basketball men's or women's tell me right now name me two players that are going to make the uh, the all-american men's basketball team can't do it you can't do it i mean even people who follow the sport couldn't tell you maybe two or three names no it's become a march madness only sport right now on the men's side it, it the has women's been. game is actually gaining traction it is it is and she is a big reason why and uh you know just Kind of looking ahead a little bit, I know you don't want to get too emotional yet, but, you know, senior day is coming up on Sunday. I was trying to think about some of the great moments she's had. I mean, just during this winning streak, she's had about four or five iconic moments when you think about uh, the day Kobe died and and you guys are at Oregon State, what she had to do there. Um, I think she's had four triple doubles during this winning streak, obviously. Uh, beat UConn, which I know is a big deal to you guys and her, um, what they've done in their history. What are some of your favorite moments, whether that's a game or just over the last four years that stand out to you that makes her Sabrina? Well, I think what, you know, what makes Sabrina is her greatness every day. You know, you see it every day in practice. You say it, see it on the court, off the court. Um, you know, it's who she is. She's going to dive into the scorer's table. Uh, like she did uh, against Colorado when we're up 40-something in the third quarter and she goes diving for a loose ball into the computers and everything on the <laughs> on the scores table. Not many people do that, you know, and she didn't need to do that because of the score, but that's who she is. Um, you know, she kind of jumped onto the scene nationally when she hit that, you know, last second shot at Cal. That was our mm-hmm. first Pac-12 win, her first Pac-12 win. Um, 
you know, and then the the ha- just inside half court against the the U.S. Uh, national team, and you know the 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 game on on Monday, it, it just with her, it's just a lot of moments that people will remember. But I'm going to remember that great teammate that she is, uh, the caring person that she is, and the. In, in, immense competitor that, that she is that you see each and every day um, I don't know if she's ever had a bad day uh, truly and I know she feels badly sometimes but she'll never let you know or she'll never show it just like the other day she's laying um, you know on the on the training table in the locker room and she can barely move and then she goes out and does what she does there was never a time when she would have said coach i I just i'm not going to be able to play today Mm -hmm. that that just wouldn't have entered her her psyche you know Uh, even though she didn't warm up didn't do anything she went out when i went out with about 10 minutes to go before the game after having gone through everything that's who she is that's what she does so speaking of, of the evolution of the game um Satu Sabali is going to go to the WNBA after three years at Oregon. Three spectacular years, but only three years, and you're very supportive of her. Can you talk about, you know, why that is? And, you know, I don't think every coach would be supportive of that, but why this works for her and you guys? Well, it works because she wants it, Mm -hmm. you know. And and one of the things that we are as coaches, we, we are in a position to help young people realize their dreams and to to kind of work with them on on giving them a vision and a direction in their life and and uh this is where she wants to go and she had good reasons to do it and so i told her i we're going to support you you know we we love you satu we appreciate everything you've done for the program you know we we want to help you to whatever end that that is and and in her case she she wanted to to leave early i i liked the fact she had done it made the announcement early because it takes away some of the pressure uh it takes away a lot of the questions that she would have inevitably gotten during the ncaa tournament like sabrina did last year and now she's just gotten that out of the way she also wanted to do it before senior week which is this week because she didn't want to overshadow or take anything away from from our seniors uh and she also wanted to to have a to be a part of that senior day and so we are we're going to honor her that day as well uh as as the senior so you know in her family situation ryan you know they don't have much right you know and she still has little brothers she has five or six siblings yes and and you know even though wnba money isn't life-changing money it is for her and it is for her family and the the money she would get as a european Mm -hmm. you know playing over internationally is going to be maybe better than it would be for some americans plus you know she's in a position to to get some endorsement money as well from from shoe contracts and and other things she's such a a compelling young person and and uh you know incredibly gifted as an athlete but very eloquent in her speech she's outspoken in her uh in her social views so she's going to be attractive to i think you know business businesses yeah. who who might need her as an an endorsee so 
Endorser. I should probably know. I should probably know this, but is there any? Is Germany going to be in the Olympics? Is there any chance? No, no, they haven't qualified. Yeah, and they're they're you know after her and her sister, and maybe a couple others. Yeah, Yeah. Sunny Greinecker, who played for me at at Gonzaga, and uh, Marie, what's her name from uh, Oregon State? Uh, Gulich. Gulich. Yeah, they they don't have a lot of depth, and they haven't won as much on the international scene as uh, you know enough to qualify over Russia and Spain and. France and some of those other really strong international teams. So Sabrina's the goat. Satu mm-hmm. is the unicorn. I yeah. feel like Ruthie Hebert should have a nickname. Does she have a, a quiet nickname or is she just Ruthie? <laughs> well, we call her our hammer because yeah. she's the one that, you know, she makes it all go. She's the one that's, you know, nail, nails everything together. And um, she talk about the most unassuming superstar and humble superstar certainly the 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 most humble and understated superstar that i've ever coached and you know you don't even need to look past last weekend you know at cal aaron Bowley goes off eight of nine from the three-point line gets a ton of attention sabrina gets her 25th triple double and does it in the Bay Area for the first time and in front of her family and friends. And, oh, yeah, Ruthie gets a 20 and 15 night, you know, 20 points, 15 rebounds. And nobody knew. <laughs> nobody even paid any attention to it. Uh, that's kind of who she is. You know, she's she's okay with being in the in the background, so to speak. But I think what she's done quietly over the last month is move herself way up that draft board. I think people are really taking notice. I mean, she was always going to be a first-round pick, but she's moving up that board because people are realizing how important she is to us and um and will be from from here on out and she quietly you know breaks jelena lean's record for most field goals she quietly passes allison lang who you know when sabrina did it was more of a big deal because she was the all-time scored organ for 30 plus years now suddenly ruthie's number two and and a monster on the rebounds she's a great player she is a great player and you know and i think our our fans understand that. I think if you ask them, you know, who their favorite players are, you know, Ruthie is always one of the very first ones that they talk about because I, you just, you guys just got to love her blue collar work ethic or come to work every day, get the job done, get the job done at a high level. Uh, just go about your business. You don't need all the accolades. You don't need people showering down praises on you. And that's just who she is. And, you know, I think when Sabrina, and Ruthie get their numbers retired or they enter the Hall of Fame or whatever they you know they're able to do here at the university and all of the above should happen I think they should always do it together I think those two are forever linked um, and they both realize they couldn't have achieved what they did without the other and when you think of one you almost always think of the other which is in, incredible, but they're going to go down as maybe the two greatest players that, that we've ever had here, men or women, quite frankly. I mean, I know there's been a lot of great men's players, but these two are pretty special, and it's more than what they achieved on the court. It's what they've you know brought this program to. Speaking of humble stars, you had Maite Cazorla for four years, also beloved by the fan base. Because she started out when the program was down and ended at the Final Four, which was a great story in itself. But, you know, she was out of eligibility. You need 
a, a, you yeah. know, someone to take that role. I think Mignon Moore, that's hard to do to come into a team that's established from a rival team and do what she's done and, and take really a, a much lesser role than she had at USC, but still a critical role if you guys are going to win the national championship. Yeah, you know, not often can you take a one-year player like that, uh, like you said, to an already established program with lots of stars and a certain way of playing and made us better. I think she has made us better and has changed us. You know, she she's not as good as Maite in the uh, offensive half court and in those kind of things. But what she's done is she's taken a uh, one of the greatest offensive teams in the history of college basketball and made us aware and able to play defense at a high high level. The other night against Stanford is a good example. We did not play a very good game offensively. Ruthie has four points. She makes one field goal. Uh, Aaron Bowl made one three uh sabrina you know struggled to shoot the ball satu was phenomenal but it wasn't an offensive gem of a game but defensively we were really really good and that's happened to us a few times this year and that's primarily because of mignon she has made us a better defensive team which in turn has now made us more of a candidate to win it all all right kelly i'm going to squeeze in a quick house ad right here uh for DuckSports.com. uh that's where you can find coverage of all the oregon women's basketball uh stories as well as football and all the rest uh it's important that you go to DuckSports.com because it's a fairly new vertical you know obviously registerguard.com has been around since the beginning of the internet but DuckSports.com is where we put all of our oregon stuff so diehards can find it uh if you have a print subscription you automatically get the digital subscription so make sure you have that hooked up and go to ducksports.com uh with the changing businesses as it changes like our deadlines have changed washington state friday night (laughs) 8 p.m that's not going to be in print but the full coverage will be at ducksports.com and then obviously on sunday we're going to have in print and uh online some great stuff about senior night um, so uh, that's my pitch there, <laughs> Kelly. You've well, we subscribe to the Register Guard, by go. the way, so I get it every morning. And I'm an early riser, so when I get up, I take the dogs out front and let them do their business. And uh, uh, there's the paper. It doesn't matter. Three thirty four in the morning, you know, sometimes, and 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 there it is. So um, I, yeah, I see the local journalism. Uh, relationship with Oregon this way and you probably experienced a a similar thing in Spokane uh, with the spokesman review is you know I remember five years ago we still cover every Oregon game but there wasn't a lot of interest but by doing that as you rise that helps build your program up and now that you're already established and the New York Times and everyone else is covering you that helps the register guard because you know we still have all that coverage and everything so it's a great relationship I want to ask you in, in, just to talk about the popularity of, of my team, where does it rank in terms of uh, you know hits on online, and is it uh, is it in the same neighborhood as the football team? That's a great question, and and it's funny because when I started here, they wanted me to have the Twitter handle RG Duck Football because that kind of promotes you know my main beat covering sure. football or whatever. So I used to just tweet about um, women's basketball on the the Register Guard Twitter handle. You know, a mm-hmm. faceless, I'm at the game, follow <laughs> registerguard.com, whatever. Yeah. Now I tweet, obviously, on RG Duck Sports 
and I get more of a reaction from Sabrina and this team than, or as much of a reaction as you do from Justin Herbert and the football team. I think it speaks volumes. I think, um, you know, the presence of Oregon's social media, you know, what women's basketball's been doing with social media, mm-hmm. Joe Waltosti now gone, but it continues with Nate. I mean, that the online presence for Oregon women's basketball is amazing. It's been incredible. And, uh, yeah, we've been number one, you know, most weeks by a long way on Facebook, right. on Instagram, and on Twitter. And uh, among all the other women's basketball programs in the in the country, our Facebook uh, views, hits, uh, whatever, however they measure that, I noticed like on Facebook, we'd have like 89,000 in a week. And next closest would be like 38,000. Absolutely. It, it, it's crazy, our presence online. Yeah. If, I guarantee if you look at DougSports.com numbers, uh, and I will, but... I guarantee you the top five to ten stories this week and this month are Oregon women's basketball. And it's not like there's not other things going on. The men's basketball team is highly ranked. Uh, yeah. Justin Herbert's at the Combine. I've written about that. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's just the, the power not only of the brand but of players like Sabrina. Yeah. It's amazing. So um, appreciate you subscribing, Kelly. Um well, my wife did it. I, I wouldn't know how. To, right. I wouldn't know how to fill out a subscription. Thank you, uh, Mary. List. Yeah, um, but it was. I was struck at the Stanford game when you mentioned, "Wow, look at all these media here. How many were here?" You know. Yeah. Your first year was. It's kind of like the crowd in the, in the seats, similar rate ratio. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm going to tweet out today. I like to tweet out about noon because I think that's a good time. I, I usually get pretty good response. Um, you know, at, at that time, I'm going to tweet out something. I did the research myself. Um, you know, we it's not that we're just getting great support here at home. And we've already sold out. You know, we're going to be 12,386 or whatever, 46 uh, at both games this weekend. Uh, but on the road, the support that we're getting from Duck fans and just from other people who want to see this team and see the stars and Sabrina and Ruthie and, and Satu has been in, incredible. Um, in Pac-12 games, the away attendance is up 75% than it was for their other games. So when the Ducks come to town, you can expect, you know, three quarters more people. So over, I think it comes out to about 2017 more patrons at our games on the road than they would normally get. So it's been, you know, financially good for, for our opposition as well. And I, I actually singled out Stanford I think was up 3,000 and some odd Uh, even Oregon State was up over 3,000 UCLA about 3,000 you know so they're getting bigger crowds when the Ducks come to town and a lot of times it's like a home game Uh, when we played at USC we literally more than tripled their average crowd and uh, and they were you know all in green and yellow and 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 cheering for us so it's pretty cool to see that that it's not just Eugene that's taking notice it's it's everybody really and uh, that's pretty special. Including one Steph Curry. And one Steph Curry, yes. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. He came to both games this weekend. He did. And um, came in, talked with the team. And, you know, he, he just, uh, he likes, again, likes how we play. You know, it is a fun team to cheer for. We're, you know how I'm, I'm into analytics. And right now we're at about 123.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, which is more than 10 points better than second place in the country. 
You know, nobody that that's statistically an anomaly. I don't think it's ever happened. Even those great UConn teams with Brianna Stewart, and Mariah Jefferson, where they had the top three picks in the draft. I think we're only about five points better offensively than second place. Um, just what we're doing offensively is is off the charts. We're one of the most efficient, probably, and right now could be the most efficient offensive team in the history of the game. You know where else you're uh, filling things up? I went out to uh, dinner with my wife and daughter Friday during your game at. at I think it was that North Fork. Oh, yeah. And it was packed with Oregon fans. They had it on a huge screen. And the place was going nuts with every bully three-pointer. Yeah. It was something else. <laughs> That's pretty uh, cool. It's great that the community has really just wrapped their arms around this this team. I mean, you're talking about old men. You're talking about mm-hmm. every walk of life. You see the Sabrina 20 jersey. It's something else. Yeah, no, it's pretty neat. And every time I go into Costco, you know, I have to plan for at least 15 extra minutes because a lot of people stop me. I, I get Duck fans like Costco for whatever reason. They do. Uh, it hasn't translated into people picking up my check at right. dinner. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that a little bit more often. But no, other than that, it's uh, it, it's great. It, it's fun to be able to walk around town and people recognize who you are and they, they thank you for your program. Like, I I'm not doing anything. I haven't scored a single point or gotten a single rebound. I just sit there and watch like you guys do. Uh, but it's, it, again, pretty rewarding. Obviously, this is a special season, a special group, a special four years. But let's talk about the future a little bit because, you know, I think Michigan already has the Fab Five probably trademark, but you have five McDonald's All Americans coming in next year, mm-hmm. the number one recruiting class in the country. Um, this program isn't going anywhere, even though Sabrina and Ruthie are going somewhere. Yeah, I, that's how I feel, too. And and uh, with Satu leaving, now Mignon, so we're going to lose four starters. Uh, it's almost like we're starting uh, fresh. Now, and people think that, but, you know, you look at we still have Lydia Giomi and, and Aaron Bowley and Morgan Yeager and, and Jazz Shelley and Taylor Chavez. Those are really good players. Then on our bench, we actually have a sixth McDonald's All-American who will also be a freshman next year in Sedona Prince That's right. and Yara Sabali. So um, you're talking, you know, those are high-level players that we have back. We could put together a heck of a lineup if you just include those that are already on our bench and playing this year. And then you add the five you know like you said those five great freshmen all of whom uh, are good enough and have the ability to come in and help us right away I think a couple really stand out Tahina Pow Pow you know the point guard from mm-hmm. San Diego I think now because she's healthy I think is people nationwide are realizing wow this this one you know we probably under rated before and she's now one of the five finalists for the Naismith player of the year team's number one in the nation um and then Angela Dugalich, the 6'4", kind of do everything. I think she's a young Brianna Stewart, the young lady from Chicago, I think is is going to be a superstar. Now, that being said, Kylie Watson, 6'4", kind of just a hard work. She's going to be another Ruthie. Uh, that kind of player just loves contact and loves to rebound and set screens. And, uh, you know, she's uh, she's having a monster year. And then, you know, the two shooters, Maddie Shear from, from Kentucky, uh, who is getting a bunch of triple doubles in her own right right now. I think she's had several this year in a 32-minute high school game. So you'll have two from Kentucky that are lights out. What, what's yes. going on with the water down there? I, I know, I know. Aaron Bowley, obviously. And then and then you've got the shooter, Sidney Parrish. I think the best shooter in the country is 6'2", uh, guard out of Indianapolis, who um, you know is going to be, be able to just 
you know, be a threat anywhere. And she can do more than just shoot. She's good around the basket. She's good at drawing fouls. So, yeah, all five of those are different. They're all unique. They're all going to blend in perfectly. And what I love, Ryan, is four of them won state championships last year. A lot of them are still playing now, so I can't say that. But four won state championships last year. And the one that didn't, Tahina, is on the number one ranked high school team in the country right now. So they're all winners. They know what it takes to, to compete. They know what it takes to win. And so they're perfect fits for for what we have. So, yeah, this program isn't going anywhere. We're going to be young, and we'll take some lumps. Our schedule next year is is going to be incredible. We can't announce a couple of the games, but they've already been contracted and uh, and and set. But we're going to play a big-time schedule. And uh, so, you know, we'll, by the end of next year, I think this is a team that's going to be one to be reckoned with. All right, well, back to the present. Friday night, you guys play Washington State, and you have something to play for. If you win, you're the outright Pac-12 champions. I guess it's probably nice for you as a coach that, uh, you know, you had the motivation, obviously, at Stanford. Now you still have motivation on Friday night, and then, obviously, great motivation on senior day. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? The makeup of our team, we never going to take our foot off the gas anyway. I, I you know, regardless of what happened at Stanford, we would have been we're gonna be playing hard Friday and Sunday. That's who we are and how we play. Um Do you think about the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament when you think about you know, obviously yeah. South Carolina, Baylor and yourselves have separated a little bit from some other really good teams, but if you're number one overall that might help at the final four. Yeah, and you know, I was looking at that and looking at at the case. Nobody, you know, I think both us and South Carolina are ten and one against teams in the AP top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Just to put that in perspective, Baylor's four and one. So we've won six more games, and and look at how many top seven wins we have: two against Oregon State, one against UCLA, one against UConn, two against uh, Stanford. Stanford. Is that six? So that's six games against teams in the top seven at the time that we played them. I know that's kind of changed a little bit. And four of those were on the road. Nobody can put that on their resume. Uh, We are the number one RPI team right now. We have the third, you know, number three strength of schedule. Um, so we're playing really good players. You look at Baylor, I think, has the 38th strength of schedule. So we have six more top 25 wins. We have, you know, a much better strength of schedule. We have great road wins. And when you compare it to South Carolina, I think we actually have a case for the number one overall seed. But we've got to continue to take care of business. Right. I think we've done enough uh, to get a one seed now, regardless of how this season plays out, unless we just completely go, you know, go to pot so to speak um and and so yeah which is good that's all we wanted to do at the start of the year we wanted to win that pac-12 championship we wanted to put ourselves in a position to be in the portland regional now that's not assured you know um but uh, but i think we have a good chance of being there i'll let my final question thanks so much for your time by the way oh you're my pleasure um, i love being up here what do you think the emotion in the building will be on sunday I assume, do you introduce them before the game or after the game, the seniors? You know, we always do it after the game. Yeah. I think you, you have more time and, and a better chance to just relax and really enjoy the moment. Uh, so we'll we'll do that then. We also, uh, it's one of our traditions, we started when we got here, of having our seniors speak. 
Mm-hmm. So after their uh, their time, you know, we'll, we'll give them a chance to, to, to thank the fans and everything. Uh, it's going to be emotional. Uh, I never get too out of control on senior day because for a couple reasons, it's not our last game. It's not it's, your last home game. And it's not even our last game in, in Matthew Knight Arena. So, um, But it is a chance for everybody to really acknowledge, and I hope those fans that are here realize that they are seeing history. You know, you're seeing two of the, the most iconic players. And, and not to dismiss Mignon and Satu, but they're not Ruthie and Sabrina, you know, with all due respect to both. Um, but they have a chance to, to really honor, you know, two of two living legends, really, in, in Oregon sports. And um, so, yeah, I think it will be it'll be a special night. Uh, or day, I guess it's an afternoon game, but it'll be a special day. Uh, one that, again, I'll always remember, but I'll try not to get that emotional because I know, listen, we've still got a lot more work to do. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, thanks, Kelly, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, and make sure uh, to go to DuckSports.com. We'll obviously have coverage of uh, this big weekend coming up.